Good morning, guys, and welcome to episode 99 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments. Our next podcast will be episode 100, the big one. Uh, I'm going to make a few changes in that podcast with regards to the intro and also the exit uh, introduction uh, videos. So uh, it should be pretty interesting for that one, uh, rolling in another 100. So every 100, I'll change that. Um, you guys are probably thinking uh, you'll be waiting a while for that next hundred to come around, but I'm sure it'll come around very, very quickly. Uh, I wanted to say big thank you for everyone for their support, um, all the people reaching out saying that they really enjoy the podcasts uh, and also giving us some topics to also cover there as well. Uh, today's podcast uh, is rather unique. Um, we're interviewing Jorge Suarez Matarita. Uh, he's a hydrogeologist. Uh, we're going to be talking about water sources, aquifers, uh, and options that are available for water to be able for people to get concessions on water. Uh, also talking uh, rivers, springs, waterfalls, uh, and also wells as well. So this one's going to be interesting. Uh, just I don't think we've gone into that much detail uh, about that. So remember, if you buy a piece of uh, property without water on and you can't get water to it, you're basically buying a nice piece of, um, you know, animal grazing land. So just be aware of that, guys. I think it's really important to do due diligence on property. Um, even if it has a water source on it, uh, to do the due diligence, uh, because as you'll see with Horde here, here, we'll probably talk about some setbacks at some point. Remember, guys, if you need any help or any assistance with any projects here in Costa Rica, even if that's finding the right project for you, whether that's land or property, condo, uh, also project managing the build as well. Uh, we actually have some architects and engineers here on staff and project managers as well. Uh, we're building various homes uh, in sizes. Uh, and also cost here in Costa Rica, uh, all over the country from the Osa Peninsula all the way to the northern areas uh, up there by the four seasons as well. So um, if you have any questions uh, for me, uh, you can get in contact with us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Um, but let's get straight into the podcast. Good morning, Jorge. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Richard. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the uh, podcast, especially someone with so much knowledge uh, about water. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to find out even more deeper what a hydrologist does as well. So, <laughs> No, no, thanks to you. I, I'm a, as I say, I'm a fan of your podcast. I'm Costa Rican, but I listen to it because, you know, I work with many people, many business uh, people, expats. And, you know, your podcast, I thought it's very accurate for the Costa Rican reality. So... Congratulations for that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as I said, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, you are Costa Rican yourself. Uh, I mean, the last two and a half years, I suppose it's two and a half years now, have been pretty crazy here in the pandemic. But I mean, what has surprised you specifically in the last six months and what trends do you think are here to stay here? Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, I would like to, to say something about really general that surprised me in the last six, six months. Despite the presidential shift in the politics in Costa Rica, and despite the global pandemic, despite the Russian-Ukraine war, the global inflation, the growing instability in the countries in Latin America, uh, like Colombia, Peru, Honduras, despite all that surroundings, Costa Rica is still in peace and very stable, and it's open for business, business as usual. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I mean, Jorge, maybe you can explain what a hydrogeologist does, if you don't mind me asking. As uh, you know, I mean, a lot of us listening here, even myself, would like to know a little bit further about what you do. Okay, okay, great. Um, well, yeah, I'm. Uh, I studied for at first geography, uh, like digital cartography, remote sensing, and geographical information systems. But then I studied a master's in hydrogeology which is uh, um, the understanding of the aquifers, of the groundwater, yeah? 
So um, I studied in, at first in Costa Rica, then in Germany, a little bit in Brazil and so on. But all around the world is about the same. The, the water that sits below the, sur the surface. And the problem is that not too many people get to understand because you cannot see it. So there has to be a lot of equipment and technical methodology to understand the aquifer system um, because it's so important from the aquifers, we get the springs, the natural springs, the water springs. They're not superficial water from the rain. They come from down the earth into the surface. So nascientes or natural springs, those are groundwater. And for drilling wells or dogging wells by hand, it's also about groundwater. <laughs> recharge uh, from the surface water, interaction between rivers, that's also groundwater. In one word, it's hydrogeology. In general, it's more like a water resources management because we have to see and think many things. Um, but it's about the same everywhere, as I say, in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, water is very important in this country. I mean, we do have an abundance of it, but you know, a few years back, you know, uh, the laws changed. Um, but also is the avail availability of water to get a registered water source, whether that be the Ayan or Sada, you know, you, whether you dig a well off a river. Um, you know, I've even heard of people attempting to uh, get, you know, water letters off rain capture, which is not an easy thing to do. I know local municipalities aren't a big fan of it, but I mean, you know, in, you know, I mean, what services are you offering to people? I mean, what are you typically, what projects are you working on? Um, you know, just so that anyone listening here can have an idea of like, oh, that's what I would use Jorge for. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, the must and most um, urgent projects in the moment is the due diligence. Yeah, when investors are going to buy a property, they have to, you know, um, make a due diligence and know everything about the property before buying it. Because once you buy it, huh, there is a big problem. So usually in Costa Rica, there is a lot of rivers. There is a lot of rain. Of course, we're tropical. There is a lot of mountains. And the interaction between uh, superficial water, rainwater, and the rivers, and the groundwater from the aquifers, is it's very fuzzy. Not many people know about that. But there is laws about it. And you have to make setbacks or protection zones. So when, let's say, an expat or somebody from Europe wants to buy a property here, uh, usually they do their due diligence through a lawyer, but also through a topographer. And those people are going to be the first ones to see, oh, I think you got some sun water in your property. Yeah. <laughs> so um, right now, the water is not really about getting the water, potable water but mostly about the setbacks and protection zones that are okay. cutting the, the areas of build-able areas from the- So you're talking, you're talking about like an imbu study for setbacks on rivers, et cetera. Exactly, exactly. Okay. The thing is that uh, if you go to the government, they take so long um, and there are so many institutions to, to know that setback. So we wanna do it in just like two or three weeks and yep. so I go there, I fly a drone, I make a map, I see where the forest is, where the rivers are, where the springs. If that a if is that a real spring or is that maybe a seasonal spring? Because if you have a permanent spring, water spring, it's a 100 meter setback. So wow. we buy your property. But if we can make it sure, if, if we can scientifically 
say that that spring is seasonal, then it's only a 60 meter setback. Mm -hmm. Okay. So okay. But could you also get a, I mean, theoretically, if you had a large piece of land that did have a spring on it, could you get a concession on that spring for water for your property? Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so um, there are many, um, there are three ways, let's say, or three areas to get the, the water level, water letter. Mm -hmm. um, the first one, if, if you're in urban areas, the urban areas usually have an aqueduct like Aya or in Heredia, the SPH, and other um, medium towns or cities are the municipalities. See? In rural towns, then we got the Asadas. The Asadas is the rural aqueducts owned by the neighbors in the surroundings of the, that place. But there are some properties or some places there is no aqueducts, no institution, no nothing, just uh, the forest and the wild. <laughs> and maybe people like that, but there's no water. And you can have maybe a spring water that you can have a concession, or maybe you have a river going through your property, or if you have an aquifer down there, then you can drill a well um, for to get the water for your property. Mm -hmm. Those okay. are like well, let's talk about drilling wells, because typically there are two different types of wells here, right? There's an artisanal well and there's a perforated well. I mean, what is the difference between the two? What is the process? What is the cost? I mean, you know, if somebody's looking at a piece of land that does not have, you know, a, a registered water source and they want to put their own well on the property, I mean, what are those two different types of wells and how much is the cost and the, pro and the, and the time frame to get them? Okay. Yeah, um, but the, the Pozo Artesanal, which is a, a, a well dug by hand, yeah, crafted, it requires no permission at all. So you can do it right away. Um, but it's only, the law says, it's only specific for one house. So you cannot have it um, Pozo Artesanal or a well dug by hand for a condominium, let's say, or something like that, because there is not going to be enough of water in, in quality and quantity from that uh, shallow uh, do by hand well. Yeah. In the other hand, then we got the, the drill it by machines wells. Those are the modern wells that you need to have a, a permission to get there. And it takes about one to two years to get the permission, to get the concession. It has a 40 meter setback or protection zone um, as diameter. And it has very low vulnerability to pollution because usually those are like 60 meters, 100 meters. Uh, deep, uh, so it has lower risk of natural hazards uh, like uh, climate change or uh, pollution by the humans. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah. so for an artisanal well, but you're going to need to request a concession on that well, you know, in order to get the building permit. Uh, not really a concession, but uh, a saying that you have yep. your art, your post artisanal, and your property, and that you are going to use it. Yeah. But okay. the government won't say won't say a uh, uh, thing. No. But it's true. You do need the the governmental paper or the tramptology saying that you do have an, an artificial well, so that you get your permissions at the municipality. Otherwise, yep. they won't give you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how much does an artisanal well? Because I would say the majority of people looking to listening to this podcast are maybe looking to build a home, uh, you know, or they have a larger piece of land they want to subdivide, and you can put an artisanal well on potentially all of these you know, these bits of land that you have. But I mean, I, how much does an artisanal well cost to dig? Um, well, it's very, it's like maybe $4,000, $3,000, depending on how deep yep. they have to go, mm -hmm. how shallow the water level is. 
For example, okay. if if you are uh, at the um, at a beach property, at the beachfront, then yep. usually the water will be there like uh, 30 centimeters or one meter below the surface. So it will be uh, like an easy well. Mm -hmm. But if you live up a little up in the mountains, like in Santa Teresa mountains or somewhere there where there's no aqueduct that you need to drill um, artisanal well because maybe it's forbidden to drill a, a machinery drill well, then then you have to go and pay a little more. It's by by meter or by time. But okay. those are, won't be much expensive than. Four thousand, five thousand okay. dollars. Maybe. So, I mean, an artisanal well will probably cost four or five. A perforated well, what are you looking? Twenty to thirty thousand uh, dollars. okay. For uh, a drilled well, yeah, the, the, the prices change depending on what you want for your property. So, it depends on, on the diameter of the perforation and, yeah. and the equipment you're going to need. But roughly, for a house, a sixty meter uh, well drilled by machinery and with all the trimits will be probably around 30 to 40 forty thousand dollars okay only the drilling will be like ten thousand like fifteen thousand maybe but they don't tell you about all the trimitology you have to do the hydrogeologists you have to pay all the documents and i'm going to explain maybe later how is the trimitology to get all these permits so it can it can be like Forty thousand dollars, thirty thousand. If you have like a condominium and you want to subdivide properties and do, then you need a, a bigger well, a bigger diameter, uh, deeper. So it will be maybe thirty to forty thousand only the drill, but plus the the pump, the electricity, and everything. I mean, it can get to eighty thousand, one hundred thousand dollars depending. Wow. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, so just for anyone listening there, if you're building a home, an artisanal well is the, way, is the way to go. But I mean, I think probably an easier thing. I mean, if you've got a river on your property, it's probably easier to get a concession on the river than it is to dig an artisanal well. No? Well, for an artisanal well, well, there is no need for permission. You can do it. Yep. So it's very easy. The problem is if you have the water table where you can get it, where you can reach sure. it. Because uh, you can get so much by hand than, I don't know, like 50 meters, 20 meters is the, the, is the deepest artisanal well. Yeah. If you get a um, concession from the river, that's very good. But then we have to look up the quality of the water. Then you yep. have to implement, you know, like uh, bacteriological controls and physical chemical analysis and everything to get all the bacteria out of the river. Because in the rivers, all the flow from the from the upper parts of the basin is gonna go there, either you know agricultural or urban yeah. or anything will go to the river. So yeah. pollution might be a thing. Mm -hmm. The best aware, would right? be to have a spring. That would be the best scenario because then you can catch it. You know it's clean because it's mostly coming from the underground as we learned already. It's groundwater popping out by nature uh, on the yep. surface. And then you can take it there by gravity, no usage, no usage of electricity, pumps, or anything like that. And then you can have the, the water all, the, all over your property. That's very good. But, <laughs> but, but you're going to have a setback. Yeah, I'm going to have a setback. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very important when anyone's buying land with, you know, rivers, waterfalls, um, nacientes, uh, which is, again, which are springs, to really do your due diligence and have someone like Jorge really kind of take a look at this. Because, again, you could have a beautiful piece of land, guys, 
um, you know, with these building plantels, but if the building plantels are in the setback, you're not going to get your approval in order to uh, to build on them. So I think very important to, to, to do that analysis and due diligence. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I structured a deal a while back Paul, here with uh, some clients that were buying a large piece of land to do a project out in Monta in Kabuya, actually, to drill a perforated well. Um, but because the property had no water and it was a kilometer from town, which had the water infrastructure, uh, but we just structured the deal that, again, they would not close until they hit water. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, they went down about 60 meters and still did not hit water, uh, mm. you know, not enough. So, you know, it was determined to just it was better to walk away from it than to actually continue to invest in the drill. So, um, you know, yeah. but it was better. I think they lost. It was better investing $25,000 than losing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars, you know, on buying a piece of land with no water because land without water definitely. is useless. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 the, it's expensive ocean view grazing, cattle grazing land. Yeah, and and that's um, even if you can drill now, because since uh, you know uh, tourism exploded in Guanacaste yeah. areas and some other places in Costa Rica, there has been a prohibition for drilling. So now yeah. the government is very tight on environmental laws and especially in water resources laws. So I can tell you, you cannot drill in Potrero, Potrero Flamingo, yep. Tamarindo, Huacas, cannot yep. drill in Ocotal, El Coco, Playa Hermosa. So all those 90s places that exploded with tourism and yep. building and everything, they, they became a problem for the aquifer because not only there was a, a few quantity of water, but the quality was being uh, jeopardized by the water from the ocean. It's called yep. water salt intrusion, and it gets the aquifer salty, the coastal aquifers, and only God can yeah. <laughs> save those aquifers in thousands of years. Because that's why they had to drill in in Sardinal, in the other side of the mountains from yep. Monacaste, and, and bring because the there was a bigger over. aquifer, and then pop the the, yep. the sweet water over to Ocotal and Coco to give those hotels and all those developments the water they needed. I, I know I, oh. I have an eight, eight bedroom villa in Plaza del Coco. So, but we've had the water meters and the water infrastructure for many years, but the water is always great there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are some other places, hot places now, like um, Samara, uh, Nosara is going to be on the way, you know, Punta Leona in Central Pacific. It's closed yep. for, for drilling. And even here in Central Valley, even especially in Heredia, where you live. Uh, yep. There is a, a prohibition for drilling. Only the um, the big aqueducts, the institutionals, are allowed to drill until yeah. they make more studies and understand this this groundwater. That, as I told you, it's uh, difficult to understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Well, I, I mean, I think that's great from Costa Rica. I mean, it does slow down development, which sometimes is good. You know, I'm very happy that Costa Rica's development is slow and sustainable in these analyses. I mean, they may take years to do sometimes, and you know. Uh, Tico time here, you know, one year means three, maybe four, maybe five. But I, I think it's good because it keeps this country raw and authentic. And only the people that really want to do something in this country end up doing it. I mean, if you're looking to make a quick buck, you know, I mean, it can be done, but it's just that, like, again, if you're trying to do a project here and make a quick buck, that's not going to happen. It's going to take years uh, to do mm -hmm. to do larger projects here. But I mean, in your opinion here, uh, Hort here, because I think we've touched enough here on, on water. I mean, what are the beach towns that you think are really going to grow over the next five years? Okay. Um, well, uh, me and myself, I have investments in Ojochal, <laughs> yep. as I heard you, you do have. Yep. I see Uvita, Ojochal, that, that region is, is growing because 
the people that came before in Guanacaste, now they're saying, oh, maybe now this is to develop. I want to go to something more wild, more like 40 years before. And so they come down to the Osa Peninsula or Ojochal, Ubita. And yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still in Guanacaste, you got Nosara and Santa Teresa. Those are the, like surfing places. And I even helped for the construction of the environmental trimits for the Mel Gibson. Uh, yep. house in yep. Santa Teresa yeah so um, as you know many stars are coming down to Santa Teresa and Osara those areas these are very hot but maybe right now some people are listening to our podcast and not thinking about only the beach maybe they want some brutal areas as well you mentioned Dota you have investments there I think yep. there is a good place I've been called already many times there to search for water look for aquifers see where we can drill because it's the same. It's not, there is not a big aqueduct there. Properties are in the mountains and you have to mostly find your own water. And for those that want to come here and maybe stay near the city, I would say San Ramon, Grecia, Naranjo. Those are nice places. All the city, all Costa Ricans are going in that direction. There is tons of work coming down there. Um, Many international companies are going to settle there. The Aeropuerto Internacional, International Airports uh, around. And so I think those those are good places to invest. I agree. Well, Jorge, my last question for you. I mean, if you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it in? Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I think I will. I would take like 100K for equipment investment. I would like to have a drone that can make you the topography almost automatically for yep. my business. You know, we fly, it has LiDAR sensors and a bunch of things. I will get some GPS and more equipment for those due diligence to make them faster, to have an efficient uh, methodology for getting the client as fast as they can. The information, if there is a water setback or if there's no water or you know all those that we talk about and probably expanding into geotechnical soil testing. These are big, uh, big projects in Costa Rica. Almost for every house or every construction, you will need to check the soil in Costa Rica. Most of the municipalities will ask you, even for a two-floor house. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there is big money on the on the business right there. It's great. But I would say maybe another two hundred to buy a, another apartment here in Costa Rica in San Jose. And yep. I know other 200 would spend it in, I don't know, maybe some property for myself. <laughs> uh, where would you buy? Uh, where, would you, where would you buy, Jorge? Uh, well, I already have some in Ojochal, but I think I will buy something more for my retirement. Maybe Naranjo, San Ramon. Those yep. are nice places because it's a little it's cooler than down the beach, but you are one hour away from the Central Pacific. And you're in the mountains, can be higher up in the mountains, past volcanoes, just as 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I think it's it's a good place. Mm. Wow. I mean, if you were to buy at a beach destination beyond Oja Chao or here or one or two, I mean, which ones would you be looking at and why? Um, well, I think I, I love Santa Teresa, but I don't think it's going to be enough money <laughs> if I hundred k because Santa Teresa and Osara are so hot now. It's so expensive. Uh, million dollar house is just going up and land is very, very, it's a shortage, shortage of water and land. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, for the realistic 500 
to make business and in the beach, I would say South Pacific, let's say Dominical or Uita. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the area that's, you know, seeing a huge amount of growth is Uvito Hochao. I mean, it has an excess of, again, great water infrastructure, great restaurants, easy to get to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's raw and authentic still. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And great prices yet. I mean, you, you can, with 500 zoos, you can get a yeah. super huge property, even subdivided and do whatever you want. But in Guanacaste yeah. right now with 500K, as I say, Nosara, Santa Teresa, you will get just a small property with a nice house. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, Jorge, thank you very much again for your time. Uh, anyone wanted to contact Jorge, I'll put all of his contact details in the descriptions here. Uh, but really appreciate you taking your time to come on the podcast and uh, share your experience and knowledge with us all here. I don't know. Thanks to you for having me in your podcast. It's, a, it's an honor. It's my pleasure. Fantastic. Have a great day, Jorge. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Great podcast there from Jorge Suarez, guys. Uh, now you know what a hydrogeologist is. It's actually quite a, a complex job. Uh, I know he does a lot of 3D imaging of land and also aquifers and waters. So uh, I think anybody that's, that needs a well um, or wants them to do some due diligence on some property with water on it, uh, feel free to reach out to Jorge. All of his contact details are there in the description. Um, next time you hear from me, guys, will be episode 100. It has been recorded, uh, so look out for that one. Uh, I can tell you it's going to be more a discussion on the future macro um, policy and outlook for Costa Rica as an investment destination, uh, both for building, you know, uh, tourism, vacation rentals, homes, but also larger uh, free trade zones and those kind of things as well. So looking at it more from a macro point of view um, and also where Costa Rica is going in the next three to five years. So I think that might help any long-term investors in this country uh, have a viewpoint um, of whether Costa Rica is still a good place to invest or not. But wanted to thank everyone for their support. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review. I love reading the reviews. Um, it's just really nice to see that, again, some of the work that we put in over here uh, is appreciated by a lot of you. And remember, you can also reach out to us as well. Info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. You can also go to the website, investingcostarica.com. Uh, you can also, I think, believe you can WhatsApp us on that as well. So you can chat with us via WhatsApp as well. But anyway, uh, until the next podcast, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.